I also see flame, Terry. Were you involved in any of the flame <laughs> <laughs> events? <laughs> Define like involved. Welcome to the RC Roundtable Podcast, where we discuss the latest RC hobby news, events, model reviews, and a whole lot more. All right, hello everybody. Welcome again to the RC Roundtable. Will we dedicate this episode to the untimely death of Aaron Eisenberg, otherwise known as Nog on Deep Space Nine? Because Deep Space Nine is, in fact, better than Star Trek Voyager. Liar! <laughs> you lie! <laughs> How did I get you? <laughs> Lee and I had a behind-the-scenes uh, 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 professional disagreement between Voyager and Deep Space Nine. <laughs> At one point, resist. he was spotting for me, and I was afraid he was like be, just going to hold that uh, grudge on me and just kind of dive me into the ground. <laughs> lower, Lee, lower. You need to get lower, <laughs> and that's what you get for saying Voyager's better. <laughs> wow, you realize you do a podcast about RC airplanes. You don't have to boost your nerd cred with all this Star Trek talk. Well, we've seen RC Star Trek vehicles. That neat. The guy had a RC Klingon. Spaceship, uh, I think he had Enterprise too. Yeah. Uh huh. All right. Go ahead. With did you, did you so say that, neat or it was small? Uh, small. Sorry, not neat. Sorry, small. Yeah, he's got neat on the brain. How we got neat on the brain. Yes. So that dour voice you heard was, of course, Terry Dunn. Hey, how you doing? And that uh, Voyager loving swine is Lee Ray. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> All right, everybody, welcome back. We've got both, we, all three of us had a pretty exciting week, I think, past couple of weekends. Both of us uh, really uh, got out and had a lot of fun with our RC modeling adventures. Where do we even start? Well, we got to start with Terry. He, he, was, he did neat before Bomber, so. Yeah. So we're going chronologically here? We should. You've been keeping us hanging. You haven't told us a single thing about yeah. me. It's like you never even went. Did you even go? Maybe you didn't go. You just <laughs> pretended to go. Yeah, I have an alibi. You just turned your phone off. Said, oh, yeah, no no reception. Yeah, meanwhile, he's at the beach frolicking with the sea turtles or something. No, well, that's the beauty of Neat. You, you don't have to turn anything off. You're literally off the grid out there. Yes. I guess we should say Neat oh. is uh, the Northeast uh, Aero Technology. Is that electric technology? What does the acronym stand for? Northeast Electric Aircraft Technology Fair. Yes, big fly-in, uh, and somewhere in New York, is it like near the um, Adirondacks, is it? No, um, uh, what's that other one? The Catskills. Catskills, that's it, yes. Um, yeah. How many years has that been going on? This was the 20th anniversary. Wow. Wow. Yeah, but only my third year going. So it's out in the middle of the mountains in New York, and it's been there for 20 years. And because of my schedule this year, I wasn't able to get out there until Friday evening. And I arrived about 10 p.m. Friday night, and when I got out of the car, the wind was blowing. So all the tents were you know, shaking in the breeze, and I don't think it was actually raining at that point, but it was overcast. And, you know, one of the great things about Need is all the shenanigans that happen after dark with night flying and quasi-fireworks and things like that. None of that was going on. Everybody was kind of hunkered down in their tents with the weather moving in. Um, but the good part is, 
about the same time I was arriving, other people were coming back from the indoor event that happens in town, which is about a 10-minute drive from the field. So um, it happens on Friday and Saturday night. There's a high school gymnasium there, and literally some of the most prolific and renowned indoor flyers in the world are at this tiny little high school gym in uh, Podunk, New York. And it's pretty cool. I didn't go on Friday night, obviously, but... I did go on Saturday. I'll get back to that in a minute. So as I got to the the big field that night, everybody else was coming back from the indoor. And so we all just kind of decided that we would stay in our tent and hang out and catch up and try to fly on the next day. So on Friday night, it was just hunker down in the tent, unload the car. And I should probably mention a little bit about our setup. They have a new thing they started last year where you can rent these big... Uh, pre-installed tents and these aren't little pop-up things these are metal poles with heavy vinyl sides and all that I don't know how much it is because we do it as a group thing but through the event organizers you can arrange to have these set up so when you arrive your tent is already there on the flight line and set up and ready to go so we had one of those and our group of people had ordered a 20 by 40 foot tent which is pretty sizable wow yeah, and, <laughs> of a house, small house. <laughs> and then they, when they were setting it up, apparently they made a mistake, and we had a twenty by fifty. So, and this includes tables and chairs and all that stuff. Wow. So, yeah, nobody sleeps in there, but that's where you can just throw all your gear, and then you can sleep if you brought a tent. Or me, I put a cushion in the back of my van, and I've got plenty of room. But uh, anyway, we uh, all hung out in the tent, and we drank uh sprite yeah we drank sprite (laughs) (laughs) and we chatted until you know whatever time and everybody went to bed and true to prediction saturday was pretty gloomy woke up and the wind was still kind of blowing and it was just drizzly and overcast and yuck however there were pockets in there where it wasn't that rainy and we were able to get out there and fly and an interesting thing about my group of people, um, one of them is Thayer Syme, who you guys know. He is really a big fan of flying float planes and seaplanes off the pond there at the campground. And so if you're already flying an airplane, it's going to get wet. A little bit of drizzle doesn't matter. So we walked over and half the time we were in the rain flying and flying off the pond for hours at a time. Wow. had a good time doing that. Yeah, all sorts of neat seaplanes there and float planes. You brought one too? Um, I did. Remember the Puddle Master I bought at the AMA Oh, Expo? yeah. The, yeah, yeah. The refer- it, it refurbished. Has flown, yeah, yeah. It has flown off the water now. Oh, great. Yeah, I flew it sliding off grass after I refurbed it however many months ago. But, yeah, it's finally flown off water. It's got a little bit of a warp in the wing that I need to fix. So I had, like, all the aileron trim I could get to get it to fly level. But the pond there at Need is kind of tight, and there's trees bordering one side, so you really there's not a whole lot of wiggle room. But I was able to get in and out of that, and no big deal. Can't remember. So did you use a stock it. brush motor, or did you replace it with something? No, no, no. Okay. On this one, I used an Axi motor okay. on a three cell lipo. So yeah, I would guess it's probably about double the power that whatever original brush motor was on there is, and several ounces lighter. Hmm. So it's kind of fun because this was also the first time I really cut loose on the water with it. I've taxied it on a little pond here, but I just made sure it would get on step and could turn. But on the pond over there at Need, I was able to do some drifting and just taxing around at high speed, doing fun stuff with it. 
Did you get photos and video of that? I didn't, but someone else did. So if you go to the Neat Fair uh, thread on RC Groups, I think you'll find some of that. And there's certainly pictures of it out there. I'm trying to think if there's any video of that. Hmm. I don't know. So I know there's still photos, though. And... And a change for me, I am typically taking mostly still photos and then a few videos here and there. I flipped it this time and I concentrated mostly on video with just a few still photos. And I'll be honest, I haven't gone through most of that footage yet. So um, I may have good stuff, I may have garbage, I don't know. But once I get around to it, I'll post it to share with everyone. Um, But getting back to the float stuff, most of it's slow flyer stuff which is just a lot of fun to come down and kiss the water and have a little contest of who can put the plane on the water without bouncing and yeah just fun stuff like that and Thayer had his electric kitten which is a model that one of our friends brought last year and everybody just kind of fell in love with so there were a couple of them there this year and the way it was like the puddle master originally designed for a brush motor but now with a brushless lipo setup it's really light and has good power and we were getting at least 20 minute flights with it i think it could go much longer and just cruising around and having fun relaxing with it and always bringing people over to it's one of those airplanes that you can just kind of hand the transmitter to anybody and not really worry that they're going to smash it so i think everybody got a chance to fly that model Let's see, were there any other noteworthy? Oh, yeah. Um, you guys, I don't think you know Rob Queso, but you probably know of Rob Queso. He's got a, a scale column in the AMA magazine. An incredible builder. He brought an Avro Avian, which is a float plane. And we flew that off the pond. A, just a gorgeous airplane. And it flew well and looked good doing it. I know I've got some photos and video of that. Hopefully they turned out. And do you guys know that airplane? A British, I would guess, like 1920s design? It's called the Avio... Avro Avian. Oh, Avro, sorry. Yeah. Let me look at it real quick. I'm, I'm not. Yeah, not by, I wasn't. Not by name. I, yeah, I wasn't either until I saw his model, and it's gorgeous. Hmm. All right, no. so we were float planes. What, huh? Go ahead. Are you looking it up? Yeah, looking it up. Doesn't okay. really look familiar. Interesting. It's got a sort of a sharp pointed nose in some versions. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah I always expect radials on seaplane type things, but yeah, I think it's got an inline engine of some flavor. Yeah. And a spinner. Yeah. But anywho, I'm sure that we did some flying off the main flight line, like the grass runway and stuff on Saturday. Again, there were some pockets of decent weather where we were doing that. It was certainly overcast all day but we still got in flying when we could and uh oh so i took the opportunity of not much flying time to visit people and one of the people i visited was our pal mark lanterman from old school model works yeah i saw that photo yeah so he was there and um he had brought his trailer and had a booth set up to sell airplanes and all of the the shop kits that you see in the advertisements were there. And I had been talking to Mark for about 30 seconds. He's like, hey, you want to fly the Javelin? I'm like, you bet I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we walked over to the flight line, and he uh, set up the Javelin for me. 
And I'm thinking in my head, okay, he's never seen me fly before, and he just trusted me with his airplane. I, I better make this look good. And I assumed that the rudder on this airplane wasn't that effective because it's kind of small. And it's a tail dragger, so as I'm powering up for the takeoff, I'm ready with the rudder to keep it straight. As it turns out, that rudder is really effective. And man, I just serpentined all the way down the runway until I finally just yanked it off the ground and, and got it flying. <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to have seen that video. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to see that. It was ugly. But uh, anyway, and he made a, a nice snarky comment that was, <laughs> yeah, very appropriate. appropriate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I deserved it. So um, anyway, I flew that airplane for a minute. You know, I was being gentle with it because it's not my airplane. Um, so I flew it for a minute. It's very aerobatic and tight model. And like I said, the, the rudder is super responsive. I was so surprised by mm-hmm. that. And Fitz, you'll appreciate that he sets up his models a lot like you do that he gets a lot of control throw on there with, and then he adds expo. All right. So uh, yeah, you would have taken right to this airplane, but yeah, I did, you know, just some normal basic stuff with it and felt confident and that I kind of got a, the gist of how it performs. And then I said, here, you fly it and show me what it can really do. And so I brought it in for a landing and then Mark flew it and he's a, a very accomplished pilot and he really put that thing through its paces and you would have thought he was flying a, a pattern ship. So very cool to see wow yeah and uh let's see what else i we did not do any arrow toes um maybe the rest of saturday at the field was just watching all the cool stuff fly they did not do any of the usual noontime demos that they have on i think friday saturday sunday because of the weather i'm pretty sure they had them earlier on friday but like i said i got there and missed it so uh, no demos. It was just open flying if you dared to fly in the, the goop. And then again, on Saturday, they have the indoors. So uh, our group headed into town and got some dinner and a few minutes of connectivity to the Internet or phone connectivity. That's when I sent you guys a message. And uh, then we headed over to the gymnasium and watched the stuff going on there. And that's pretty cool. Like I said, it's the who's who of indoor flying. And they invite the public to attend. So there's people that come from the community who I glimpse have no appreciation for what this stuff is. But they are still entertained by what's going on. And it's somewhat organized that they'll have people do demos of certain things. And people have a microphone and they'll explain what's going on and it's uh, at least for me it's an education because while i have indoor planes of my own i'm not that well versed in some of this really tiny stuff and some of the newer technology that people are coming up with so it was very interesting to see that um a, a short list of some of the neat stuff i saw several very good flying ornithopters and like uh, yeah like very controllable very predictable an ornithopter with landing gear made an ROG takeoff. Really? Yes. I'd never seen that happen. Neither had I, but that was pretty cool. And I don't remember if I got that on video, but we'll have to see. Could you tell they were scratch built, or was this the old defunct kit that used to be produced some years ago? No, one of them had, it was a um, kit bashed off the shelf, like a toy grade ornithopter, or like a sharper image kind of thing that they had made better. And that was one that flew really well. But I think most of them are scratch-built. And these, um, I'm not going to remember both names, but Matthew K- 
Keenan. Uh, he is well known for his work with Air Environment, which is a company out in California that used to make Paul McCready. Is that, is, this mean anything to you? Made the human-powered airplane? Sounds familiar. Gossamer Condor. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crusting his channel, right? Uh, yeah, sure. I don't know all of that history, but, you know, these guys are, they're known for their innovative aeronautical ideas. Yeah. So uh, that translates to RC as well. So some neat stuff. There was a, a Horton flying wing in there. That oh, really? Was, yeah, just Ooh. some really cool stuff. Um, gosh, uh, some scale models that were certainly smaller than 172nd scale, like two and three inch wingspan flying around with full proportional control. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's amazing to see when you can see it. <laughs> you have to be pretty close to catch it. <laughs> and, uh, some of those really lightweight indoor models, I don't know what the designation is. F three P CXQ. I don't know. But I think it's F three P. I really want one of those now. Yeah. They move and you're watching it as if it's in super slow motion. Yeah. It, is, yeah, it doesn't seem physically possible for an airplane to be flying at less than walking speed, but there it is. And they have these big contra-rotating props that you can see the blades turning. They're going so slow. And just really neat stuff like that. Uh, again, lots of cool scale models, a lot of just sport planes that people build. Some that have been flying at this event for however long they've been doing the indoor portion. Like, Thayer was telling me, oh, this guy's been flying this plane here for 10 years or whatever it is. And so it's interesting to see that despite the huge advancement in technology for this tiny stuff, there's still a lot of interest in the older technology too. And Adam Woodworth was there. He came out from California. He always has some very interesting stuff. This year he had a cartoon scale F-14 model. It's kind of a profile. And it had two twin or two brushed motors. I believe they were brushed, but two motors. And he had them placed at the front of the air inlets, if that mm. makes sense. So they're pretty stealthy in that location, but very aerobatic. And it had swing wings. Working swing tiny, wings? Yeah, working swing wings. Wow. That's funny. He'd go, <laughs> you know, he's a super duper pilot. So he's flying this thing around doing crazy stuff. Then he'd put it into a hover. And then while it's hovering, he'd swing the wings back and forth. Like it's waving. <laughs> awesome. Even better, only one wing. <laughs> yeah, oh, that would be one wing waves, the other wing just stays right where it is. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody did that with a model F fourteen. They put only one wing out and flew it around. Oh, I think it was one interesting. Wings or something. Yeah, that was pretty neat. That's an interesting experiment. Um, okay. What was I say? Did you get a close look at it to see how the if you use like regular servos or actuators or anything? Fancy oh, I don't know. I didn't. No, I didn't get a, a close-up look at his F-14. He's one of the guys in my tent, so I I probably should have gone over and yeah, looked at it. Yeah, you fail. Go back and... Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you're just kind of bombarded with all the things to see, so it, it's tough to focus on anything. I'm trying to remember if there were any other really noteworthy indoor things. I'm sure there were, and I'm sure I'm, I'm missing some fantastic stuff, but that's what sticks out in my head right now. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Here's one of the coolest ones. I'm sure there's a technical name for this, I don't know what it was. None of us at the time knew what it was. But instead of a regular wing, you have kind of a cylinder with paddles, and that's the wing, right? As the, the thing spins, that is creating lift or drag. I don't know what it is, but... Magic. Yes, it's the magic plane. It's 
so somebody had taken his name is Ross. I'm sorry, Ross. I don't remember your last name, but he had taken this UMX champ, the regular old off the shelf champ and replaced the wing with one of these the cylinder type things. And it flew so well. Oh, is that like a Coriolis effect uh, or something like that? Sure. Or Magnus effect. I, okay, I don't know. Oh, and okay. it's not a cylinder like, not a complete cylinder. It's like paddles. Oh, oh okay. Oh, so, I've seen that before. Um, yeah, I don't remember what they call it. Hey, yeah, I think the Magnus effect is they're just cylinders, but it's just got little paddle things that, that kind of rotate around the axis. Yes. Like, and Yeah. Yeah, and it's like a, a gyrocopter. The The forward movement, once you get it started, the forward movement keeps it spinning. Yeah. And I don't know if it's generating. I, I don't know what's going I don't know. on. It's one of the things you look at it, you're like, how the heck does that even work? That's not supposed to work, and it does. It does. It flew really well. You could do aerobatics with it. You could set the throttle where it would just kind of sit there at the same altitude, and you could just steer it with rudder. And that was another one that I'm standing there watching, the, and next thing you know, somebody hands me the transmitter, and I'm flying it. Oh, well, you flew and, it? Yeah. Yeah, and it, like I said, it just flies really well. And after watching somebody else do this, I had to try it, and it worked well. But um, just uh, steering around the gym with one wheel on the floor and like a steady left-hand turn. Yeah. Like, easy peasy, nothing to it. Wow. So, yeah, it was a really cool airplane. I don't know how many different people flew it, but a lot. And, uh, yeah, really cool stuff. And it's not like it was a finely polished model with paint on every surface. You could tell he had built it on a whim and try it out and it worked and i was talking to him later he's like well i was gonna finish it but you know once it worked it, it wasn't really motivated to do that anymore i just wanted to play with it so, <laughs> i know i get video of that so i'll i'll try to share it and again apologies to all the people who had really cool stuff that i haven't mentioned here but if you go to the neat fair you owe it to yourself to divert either Friday or Saturday over to the gym just to check out the really cool stuff that's going on. It's a whole different little subset of our universe that most of the time I'm not aware of, so it's good to to check in on it and see what these people are doing with this tiny stuff. It's cool. And interestingly, at the field during the day on Saturday, they were giving... Uh, these presentations. A lot of these people who were flying at night during the day were giving presentations to people about this sort of technology and some other topics too. I was not able to attend any of them because I was off doing my own thing, but they were very well attended. I was surprised. And yeah, so there's definitely an interest in this stuff and a core group of people who are making it happen. So where am I now? I'm going chronologically as well. After the indoor, the weather was not too bad out at the field. So we started firing up our night flyers. Uh, two of us in my tent had radians. I've got the off-the-shelf night radian. And Paul Dixon has a radian that he's added lights to. And we threw them up there and flew around for a while and had a good time. And a lot of other people were flying night planes and up and down the field. It's uh, really cool. In this particular area, you get fog at night and in the morning, so when you get a night plane in the fog, it has kind of an eerie glow oh, to yeah, it. Oh, yeah, but that's interesting. Yeah. Whoa. And on my night radian, I've got that light controller. I'm sure we talked about it before, but I can change the light sequences on the plane from the transmitter. 
So we were able to monkey around with all that and, and find some neat stuff. Oh, so you're the one behind all the UFO sightings. That's right. Well, <laughs> yeah, if you're prone to to sight UFOs, you would not want to be at the Peaceful Valley Campground during neat weekend. You'll be going crazy with your phone calls to the FAA. Well, I'm looking at a gallery that was posted on RC groups of photos from the event, and there are a lot of which I like long exposure shots during the night flying. But oh, yeah. I also see, I also see flame, Terry, were you involved in any of the flame <laughs> <laughs> events? <laughs> Define like involved. <laughs> Do you have to fly through some kind of flamethrower during these long exposures? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, th- there's people who, there's always a bonfire going and a group of people hanging out enjoying the bonfire. And I think we talked about this last year. I don't know what these things are called, but they, um, I don't want to say too much. It's one of those things you have to experience, and I'm probably cheapening the experience by ex- trying to explain it. But basically, there are some pyromaniacs there who are fun to watch. <laughs> they're not being unsafe, but they're being very entertaining. So when you go to the neat fair, search out the pyromaniacs, and you will not be disappointed. And so every now and then, there will be a a ball of fire, is probably the best way to describe it. And you know it's coming. It's not like it's dangerous. You know it's coming. And anybody who happens to be flying at the time will probably attempt to fly. It's over the fire pit. And so you you just circle over the fire pit and maybe you'll get consumed by the ball of fire. (laughs) And if you're flying a drone, it's pretty much guaranteed. So if you walk the field the next day and see a drone with curly singed propellers, you know what happened. And it, they'll do that on purpose. They'll fly purposely through the fireball. Oh, yeah. And sure. Terry Terry would not take his radiant, night radiant, through such a bonfire, would he? No, I wouldn't. But I'm sure there's other planes that it would. But at this point, I was just going around talking to people. So I didn't have access to an airplane. But it sure was fun to watch. We probably should have counted how many planes were left in his truck. <laughs> just to know yeah. if any were left in that fire yeah, yeah. yeah I, I too found that uh thread with all the pictures so that's good stuff in there but was there some yeah. sort of costume party or something going on? <laughs> um yeah there's stuff that happens i don't know all of it there's i think maybe friday mornings they do a kilt and toga fly where you're supposed to come out and fly and a kilt or a toga. I don't well, see, know, I, was, or a I like. I liked how it was kilt and toga. So, yeah, I don't <laughs> I know the like name. I, and again, because I I'm not inside of that. I don't want to. I don't want to say the wrong thing or make it uh, sound like it's a dumb thing. But there's just lots of cutesy little things like that that go on that over the 20 year history have slowly developed. And there's this cadre of people who go all the time, and this is just part of the ritual. You know, I go to Best all the time. I don't think we ever enacted a toga slash kilt slash fly through the <laughs> ball of flame <laughs> are we just behind in the times so, I, it sounds like you are <laughs> yes and when they have the they have mass warbird launches too and a good number of people at that mass warbird launch are going to be decked out in world war ii uniforms or hats or something silly to you know just to have fun with it so yeah um <laughs> Costumes are encouraged and appreciated <laughs> at, at different levels. I just see somebody dressed up as, I guess, Marilyn Monroe and some sort of killer clown. 
And, oh, I missed that. And then there's a guy. It looks like he's, he's wearing a May West and a and a army hat, army helmet. And I, I just was wondering about it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I don't know the details behind any of that, but it's not something that I would particularly be shocked at while I was there. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I I shouldn't try to explain any of this. Just come see and yeah, yeah make gotta, your own interpretation. Got to go there one year. That's that's got to go. Well, we talked about it last year. We need to commit and do it next year, Fitz. Oh, yeah, next year, 2020. <laughs> nice even year. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, another thing that goes on there is night bowling. They'll set some, I don't know if they're bottles or whatever, up on a table that's elevated off the ground and have lights shining on it, and people just try to fly into the pins to knock them over. Hmm. Yeah, and th- they had it last year where it was just the table and half the people crashed into or under the table. And this year they had kind of a ramp leading from the ground up to the table that would help you. And there were edges uh, lit, lights along the edges of the ramp. So it made it a little bit easier to to focus on the the table itself and the pins. So that's always fun to watch. And this year, maybe they had it last year too, but some of the planes participating in this weren't trying to crash their airplane into the bottles they were towing a line that had a lighted weight on it so they would fly and try to whip the line into the i can't explain it but you could tell that they were towing something and that they were trying to whip the tail of this thing into the into the pens and it's it's just fun to watch now see here's where we could have you know come up with a better plan you get two planes with a rope between them <laughs> yeah, what can you fl- You fly out either side and you clothesline the darn pins. Woo-hoo! Yeah. <laughs> Get a trophy for creativity. Yeah. All right. So that's probably enough for Saturday. I went to bed fairly early. I think I went to bed at midnight or so and woke up Sunday morning to beautiful weather. Sunday was the, the time to fly. And that's exactly what we did. I started flying pretty early in the morning and flew a lot throughout the day. And one of the planes that I flew was my Sky Ranger from Old School Model Works. I took that and flew it, and it performed beautifully. Another thing that I flew a lot was my C-47 Aerotow rig with the Waco glider. This is the big one, not the little one. And once again, it, it did really well. I don't know how many different people flew it. Uh, Steven Wattenberg, if you're listening, you did a great job with it for your... Well, I wouldn't say for your first time. For any time. You did a great job flying the glider. So thanks for joining us on that. Uh, I want to I chime in on that for you, Terry. Just to let you know, uh, someone I talked to at Bomber uh, was talking about building a Waco. And I mentioned your... I, I don't know how long ago that was in the uh, Model Aviation magazine, but I told him to go look up Terry Dunn and Waco and build their own. And he was all excited. So hopefully... You'll have another one of those in the air. And I told him that we were towing with a C-47 and all that jazz. So yeah. that's, that's inspired a lot of people. It's been a lot of fun. I enjoy doing it at best with you. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I always get a lot of positive comments when I fly it, whether it's at NEAT or anywhere else. I try to, uh, I don't know, I try to read the crowd because you guys know this because you've flown it with me. It takes up a lot of room on the ground and in the air and it kind of impedes flight line operations so i try not to overstay my welcome whenever we're flying it um but you know people seem to appreciate it so it's always a lot of fun and there was some drama with the aero tour this year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm, yeah uh, wait sound, what? i know because i was thinking please tell me there's video 
Oh no. Damn. <laughs> and I've mentioned this before. The way this airstrip is located, it's a quasi full scale airstrip in this valley. So when you're standing on the flight line looking at the runway, there's a wall of trees in front of you. There's kind of the, the edge of a hill or a mountain or something there, and it's fully treed and it's up. It, most of the altitude you or I would fly at, there's trees behind the airplane the whole time. So for airplanes like this that are olive drab or camouflage, you really got to keep on your toes to not lose sight of it. And th I'm glad my planes have invasion stripes on them because there were times where that was the only thing I could see. <laughs> You're flying stripes. Yeah, pretty much. All right. So fast forward, we had flown this combo several times throughout the day, several times throughout the day with several pilots. Oh, I should mention that um, while we were doing this, I mentioned to Thayer, who was being one of the spotters, I'm like, you know, for as long as I can remember, I've either been the glider pilot or the tug pilot here, and I've never really just watched it fly. And for the past several years, I've always been the tug pilot because that's a little bit more challenging. I'm always comfortable handing somebody the glider transmitter but eh, a little bit less so with the the tug so on the next flight i handed him the transmitter for the the tug the c-47 and somebody else was flying the the glider i don't remember who oh I, oh i know who it was it was ross the the guy who built the little tumble wing thing that was indoor and thayer had kind of a devilish grin on his face when he when he took the transmitter i didn't know what was up so he takes off, and usually I take off, and I, before I get too far down, I start making a, a left-hand turn to stay in the pattern. He doesn't make that turn. He just keeps going and keeps climbing and keeps going and keeps climbing. And his, <laughs> I think his goal was to try to take the glider where it could get ridge lift off this mountain that's way high above us. And he got the glider and the tug where they were spots in the sky. And I, I don't mind saying that I was nervous about it because I could no longer tell which direction they were going. Thank goodness Thayer and Ross have better vision than I do. But I don't know how high it was, um, probably 399 feet, but, <laughs> but it was high and it was far away. And everything worked out fine. They, uh, Thayer brought it back they did the release Thayer brought the tug back and then Ross did a super job flying the glider and he was up for a long time with it I don't think he ever got high enough for the ridge lift but he certainly found some lift of a certain type and he's a, a full-scale glider pilot too so anyway I thought that was interesting so on the way back to the tent where we were going to put everything away Thayer runs into one of his old buddies and hands him the the glider transmitter and asked me to to go up for another tow, which of course I was fine with. And we were actually further down the line. The event was over at this point, maybe, I don't know, whatever time in the afternoon they give the official shutdown and kind of open things up. So they were putting the pilot stations away and all that. And we just kind of took off from where we were standing and uh, everything started out fine. And then maybe a minute into the flight, the glider just starts going weird. The, at first it was flying low and then it, you know, I'm, watching the tug so i only see the stuff peripherally but then it looks like it's doing a snap roll i'm like huh that can't be good and then the guy says i don't have it and the glider's still doing this crazy stuff i'm like well just release the line and it'll be fine and he says well i can't release it either he's like it's not coming off so i'm like all right fine i can release it on this end 
And so I dumped the line from the tug side and came in and made a, a an easy landing. That So the tug was fine, but the glider, for whatever reason we didn't know at the time, went into the trees. And it wasn't too high up on the mountain, but all those trees are tall. And they watched it go in, so they knew where it was. And we went over and found it. And by the way that it came fluttering down, we kind of assumed that the battery had come out in flight. And we're not exactly sure why or how, but that's what happened. And for obvious reasons, he lost control. And we found the the glider in a tree. I don't know how high it was, but it was way higher than any of us could could climb to get to. And so th- we just had to... <laughs> to stand there and say our goodbyes and you know I thanked it for the service it has provided over the years and said I'll build another one not a big deal and that was kind of that and so I went that, back and wait that was kind of that your Waco what, is now a permanent display wait it, but there's more oh so I'm sorry and if you hadn't noticed that's the second airplane in a month that I've put into a tree after Only the I can't remember the last time I can't remember the last time I put an airplane in a tree. It's been since I first started flying. It would have been in the 1990s. Well, technically, it's a third, isn't it? Didn't you fly one through the trees? Uh, oh, okay. Thanks, Fitz. <laughs> Just want to be accurate. Yeah. Okay. So the third, I put the F-15 through a tree. I put the P-39 up high in a tree, and then. While not directly, certainly the battery coming out is my fault. Uh, put the Waco way high up in a tree in a valley in New York. And so anyway, I, you know, we stared at it for a minute, decided it wasn't retrievable, and then went back. I loaded the car and said my goodbyes and, and started to drive out. And as I did so, I'm like, well, the wind's kind of picked up since then. Let me go by the crash site one more time just to see what I can see. Maybe something shifted. And I go there, and I can't find the airplane anymore. I, I know the tree I'm looking at. You know, it's dense woods, but I we had picked some landmarks, so we knew what we were looking at. And this is me by myself at the time, looking around. I don't see the airplane. I'm glancing in the other trees to see you know, which branch it would have fallen into next. I'm not seeing it. And then literally about five minutes after of looking for this thing, I catch a glimpse of the tow line gleaming in the sun. I'm like, oh, okay, well, there's something. And then I follow the tow line down, and miracle of all miracles, hanging in the air at eye level from the tow line is my glider. And it's about 15 feet away from me in the tree line. I had to walk 15 feet forward, reach out, and grab my airplane, which was <laughs> almost completely undamaged. So, like, there's hardly a scratch on it. The only damage that I can see is the arrow balance on the elevator on one side snapped up. The foam is still there. It just has to be glued back down. So it had fallen so, fallen through the trees. The wind had, first of all, it made a, a tumbling landing into the tree. Yeah. And then at some point, the wind blew it out, and it comes down like a ball in a machinko machine through these branches <laughs> and then at eye level the tension on the tow line stops it and suspends it above the ground and just, well eye level for it. you but it would have been like way above my head for me okay whatever i think <laughs> you could have grabbed it too you would have just but, had to grab the tail but terry as wonderful as the story is and i know i know there are going to be listeners that agree with me 
Please tell me you took a picture of this thing hanging from the tree. Oh, uh, no. And that's what everybody says. And at the time, I'm like, oh, my God, I can't believe it. I go over there and I grab it and I hug it and kiss it. And then See, as I'm now, walking back to the car, I'm like, oh, why didn't I take a picture? Nobody's going to believe me. Uh, yeah, I'm, <laughs> They're going to think I built a new one. I'm having my doubts now. Yeah, well, I'm thinking you threw a couple of rocks at it and it came down and you just came up with that lovely, I'm here story. No, Don't I, leave me. <laughs> no, it, just, it wasn't ready to go yet. What did we say to the god of model airplane death? Not today. Not today. So, and literally the hardest part of getting the glider at that point was pulling the rest of the tow line out of the, the branches. It was you know, wrapped around stuff. So it was unbelievably lucky, unbelievably lucky that that happened. I have no idea what the odds are of it stopping at that altitude, of it landing in that perfect tree. and I, I have no idea. But Things worked out. You know, I would have rather used that luck on a lotto ticket or something, but I'll take it. I was happy to have my airplane back. See, I, I'm going to buy you a hat can for Christmas because you've got to wear it every time. You had that incident where you're pulling out your your plane out of the tree, and then you've got this where your plane's just hanging. These are good stories, but you know, we need the photo photo evidence. Yeah, but honestly, in this situation, I don't think a, certainly not a hat cam and probably not a, a Zoom cam would have helped. Again, because you've got the green background that's going to camouflage everything, and it was fairly far away. Obviously, we were over the trees when this happened. And when I was in that period of thinking I had lost the airplane, I was just kind of chatting with Thayer post-mortem, like, oh, if I'd realized what was going on, I would have kept it on the, kept it attached to the tug a little longer to bring it over the runway and dump it, and, you know, at least I'd have the equipment. Um and then afterwards, I'm like, oh, it actually worked out better this way that it landed in the trees with a soft, cushy landing and then a, a controlled descent to the ground. So, <sighs> cool anyway, story, bro. Yeah, totally true. I promise. I'm, my hand is on a stack of Bibles right now. Fitz and I are scratching our chin going, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure lots of people are. At the very least, there were lots of witnesses to the crash. So... People will vouch that the airplane ended up in a tree. Crash. You you don't know crash until you hear our story later on yeah. from Bomber. Okay. Well, let me put a bow on neat here. Um, you had a mishap. <laughs> well, in the end it was, but uh, I wonder how many airplanes are swallowed up by those trees that people had said goodbye to but didn't go back to check on. Hmm. Might I be worth many, a walk through the woods. Many in RC fields that have areas of no return. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, it was another fun year at best. Saw lots of old friends, met a few new ones. Neat. Not best. Uh, did I say best? Yes. Holy crap. Sorry. <laughs> let me okay. let me rewind that. It was another great year at Neat, the Neat Fair in New York. Uh, had a, a fun time flying. I was kind of bummed. I'll tell you, when I showed up Friday night and they said, oh, it's going to be crappy weather and you might get to fly Sunday, I was like, ugh. I just drove all the way here for this. But as it turned out, even later Friday night, I was like, okay, I'm glad I came. This is, it's fun to hang out with these people and talk airplanes and just, you know, be together. So I think even had Sunday not been great weather, it would have been worthwhile. So that's my spiel. Um, If you have never been to Neat, you should make a point to go. And, oh, I want to say one more thing. My uh, buddy John McGrath was there and I met him in years past because he had a parallax model 
he had the original size and then he built a, an upsize, I think 133%. So that's something I always check on with him about. And he had another new one this year that was the original size and looked like it flew great. And he had it in a Pacific Navy color scheme that I had never seen before and I thought it looked good. So thanks, John. And he's inspiring me to rebuild one of mine because I currently do not have any original size parallaxes. <laughs> I need it's to. Not, it's not parallel. Uh, it might be <laughs> paramecium. No, I don't know. It's uh parallel. Yeah, what do you call a group of parallaxes? A, a murder of parallax? I don't know. Anyway, uh, thanks, John, and thanks everybody else who had fun with me at the neat fair. And is it cliche to say I'm already planning next year? Yeah, that's cliche. If you've never been, go. You'll see what I mean, and you'll. <laughs> also see the stuff that I decided not to tell you about on here. That means you, Fitz. <laughs> and me. Alright. Yeah, both of yous. Both of yous. <laughs> Terry, you gonna create a like a video montage and put photos in our RC Roundtable Facebook page? Well, yeah, like I said, I haven't gone through much of my footage yet, so when I get to it, I will. Oh, I meant to mention, uh, Steven Wattenberg took some photos during tow flights and sent me some photos and he said I could share those so oh, great. I'll try to do that today I'll try to put some Aeroto pictures up on the Facebook page okay check out our Facebook page for additional photos from, straight from Mr. Terry alright thanks for that uh, report sorry the weather was kind of not so great on Saturday but still seems like you guys had a good time yep indeed wow fantastic and now it's your turn uh, well, I guess uh, Lee and I spent the past couple of days at Bomber Field. This is the annual B-17 gathering, I guess they call it. Uh, 30... B-17 and Big Bird fly-in. There we go, yes. So, it's not just warbirds anymore. I noticed they had a, a award for civilians, so I always thought it was mainly warbirds, and then it seems like they've expanded, or is it just me? Well, they have a warbird event in April. Yeah. So, but this is Big Bird, so it's it's really large airplanes. But don't count that against me. Mm. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just big planes. Okay. Well, regardless, it was really well attended. Uh, weather was pretty good. A little muddy from a rain, I guess, on Friday. But other than that, is uh, really nice. Some great stuff showed up. Really, I don't think I've seen that many bombers there in the past years that I've gone. I don't know about you, Lee, but it seemed like it was really well attended by multi-engine models. Yeah, we had a lot more B-25 and B-24s this year than I've seen in the past. Yeah. Yeah, there was a, I guess a, a bunch of the VQs showed up. Yeah, uh, they had a photo on the tarmac of four of the new large, like 110-inch B-24s. Yeah. And there was a couple, at least two or three that flew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we had some people from way out of town. They had the, the guy... Um, we had a guy who came from Ohio, uh, Dayton, Ohio, with his XP-70 that actually competed in Top Gun. Uh, in fact, I, I actually st- stepped aside and pulled him aside and had a nice, really, interview with him where he uh, talks about uh, the model and his, uh, the trials and tribulations in, in building it. And uh, we'll let you listen to him, and you can uh, hear it straight from the horse's mouth. Okay, I'm here with Brett Becker. 
And uh, Brett built the XB-70 bomber that we had showed video and pictures of earlier. And uh, this model is actually fantastic. And so I thought I'd uh, pull Brett aside to ask him a few questions about it. And Brett, I understand you came all the way from Ohio, is that correct? That's right, from Dayton, Ohio. Wow, that's a, that's a heck of a trip. <laughs> that's dedication. Absolutely worth it to be here at Bomber Field. So, First time here at Bomber Field? First time. First time flying in Texas. Oh, first time in Texas? Yeah. Oh, wow, welcome to Texas in the heat and humidity. Thank you. It's good to be here. And the tropical storms. <laughs> hey, the weather's beautiful today. Oh, yes. We were lucky. Fantastic weather today, more or less down the runway. Uh, I see you've been had no qualms of flying the bomber today. Uh, any issues with flying this field? Not at all. The runway is plenty long. Um, wind's been basically down the runway. Uh, haven't had any problems with the Valkyrie. Uh, in terms of the wind, it does have a gyro on it, which helps out. Um, but uh, it's the week so far, done six flights, and all is good. Oh, six. That's great. There's no hangar queen. No. So that was uh, flight 95. You had 95 flights on this? Yeah. So um, this was the 95th flight. Wow. That's absolutely amazing. I'm really good to hear that. So tell us about this thing. Is this a scratch field, I presume? Yeah. This is a one-off uh, balsa and plywood airplane. Um, uh, it's finished in fiberglass and painted uh, with lacquer paint. The, the nose section is uh, molded fiberglass. Um, the, the nose moves like the original. Uh, it has two positions for uh, slow speed, takeoff and landing, and supersonic speed. So the nose is mixed in with the flaps. Oh, I did notice that, yeah, because it has a pop-up sort of, um, uh, I hate to say vein, but like a, a deflector almost, right? Right. Yeah, so well, it just, yeah, they moved it. It just allows the, the pilots to see over the nose uh, at uh, takeoff and landing. Yes, before they went with the Concorde with the drooping nose, they kind of did. It's just a little less complicated. Exactly. So uh, is this your own plans, or is this something you, you uh, work with somebody with? So this is, um, <clears throat> it's built from plans. Uh, it was originally built by a, uh, a gentleman in California who had very limited success with the airframe. It was crashed and uh, was in an unrepaired state in uh, his basement. And uh, I spent a year restoring it, and uh, over the last three years, I've slowly made uh, refinements and modifications. So... Uh, it's now flying really well. So, uh, yeah, they're starting to start up with a bunch of planes that get noisy. So I noticed you have four fans. Tell us about the power system in this. Yeah, so um, it's powered by four Schubler 70-millimeter fans. Uh, for Schubler, those would be HDS-30s. Um, they come plug-and-play with 10-shock motors. Uh, each fan is running off of a 6S 5500 uh, LiPo. And... Um, each one is an independent system, so each battery has its, uh, its own speed control, own power system. So if it was ever to take in uh, debris, it would, the other fans would keep running. So that's the idea. So you have actually six battery packs in here. Four battery packs oh, for sorry, four fans. Yeah, yeah. yeah, four battery I don't know where yeah. I got six from. Success. Four success battery packs. Correct. <laughs> yeah. So that explains the runtime. We got a really good runtime on it when I noticed you were flying. Yeah, I get about six and a half minutes, um, and that's what's required for a scale routine, a Top Gun, or a scale competition. So you brought just a Top Gun. Yeah, so um, this placed fifth place in uh, expert this past year at Top Gun. Congratulations. That's fantastic. Thank you. Any issues getting the CG right on the first flights? Um, so I did build some smaller foam airplanes that were identical in plan form to test CG control deflections before I made in this model. So that was how I confirmed the CGs, and it's actually been quite accurate. The smaller models represented this one pretty closely. 
Great, that's a model of a model that gets you to test data. You know, this, this has been a work in progress. It didn't, it didn't work perfectly on the, the first go, um, and that was okay. You know, we slowly learned what, what the strengths and weaknesses were and tried to improve on it. So each year it's uh, improved until today, and now it's, now it's flying pretty well. Uh, what I saw looked fantastic. Thank you very much. Nice meeting Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, please come down to Bomber Field if you're listening. This place is incredible. The atmosphere is amazing, and it just kind of uh, instills that the hobby is uh, alive and well. Well said. Thank you. I saw a video of it. I was watching some of your videos from the week earlier this morning and saw the video of the B-70. Yeah, I have to say that uh, it flew really nice. The guy was not shy about flying it. He flew it a bunch of times. And it was really good. The runtime was actually quite impressive. And uh, as, as he mentioned, it, it is it's required for to compete in Top Gun. Uh, there was something I wanted to say. What was it? I forgot about. Uh, it, it was real neat to see. Uh, he had a whole bunch of documentation on it. He actually went to the real one in Dayton, Ohio, and took a look at and took some pictures and stuff about it. Um, and so you can. It has uh, it's required for Top Gun, so he had a little a booklet of all kinds of pictures and things with it. It was really neat. Now you guys have glossed over the weather aspect of Bomber Field already. No, Fitz did. Uh, well, <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I guess we should back up a little bit. All right. So the weather aspect. Well, the weather was pretty nice. Well, you were there longer than I was, Lee. You talk about the weather. <laughs> Fitz does not know what he's talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I'll pass that over to Lee because he can even better. He was there. You were there Thursday too, weren't you? Well, I'm. I mean, I feel like I'm almost the Debbie Downer because a lot of people I talk to at the event, you know, Randy and Yancey and Barry Rayburn, and you know, a lot of guys are posting, "Hey, you know, it's just a little wet here and all that jazz." And it's like, I posted a video of the storm coming, you know, and us grabbing planes. And I remember Mike Leibel just, you know, going, "Is that rain coming?" I said, "I think it's gonna be here in less than 20 minutes." And he's like, "Okay, I better start moving my planes because if you've seen the photos, a lot of people have their stuff laying out by the fence line and." I mean, if if you saw the storm coming and things were blowing, I was I stopped recording for a while and moved people's planes under the huge covered area and in their tents, and it, it it came down. But that parking lot was muddy as it has been in the past, and a couple of times when I was leaving Friday night to get my truck out, I was slipping and sliding. So they dumped a lot of hay in the parking lot, and you know, hey. Yes, it rained, it got wet, it got muddy, and, you know, some people, I think, in fact, uh, VQ had a couple of damp, you know, damp plane sails. <laughs> some, some of the boxes got drenched, but, yes, it, it had rained all week. We had a terrible flood situation in Houston, especially East Houston, uh, Beaumont, and Winnie, I believe, were, are underwater still. And, uh, luckily, a lot of the uh, stuff that hit Bomber was just uh, very short. I mean, it's still pretty wet out there. But as far as Friday goes, uh, we just had that one storm, but Saturday was awesome. I mean, we had a, a, a shower that got close, but it was never that close. And and the wind that was there was luckily coming straight down the runway. So it really was a, a very nice day Saturday for the event. Then I need to ask about that because, like I said, I was watching videos, and I watched a video of Fitz flying his electric Zero, and he seemed to be taking off across the runway so i'm like oh the wind must have been coming in his face there was a quartering crosswind at some point okay but it wasn't too it wasn't too bad okay but yeah that's why you saw that it was a, bit, a little bit of a quartering but it was minor i don't think it mattered because you took off and then went vertical 
yeah. as in he did every flight with every plane he brought. <laughs> I think that's his trademark takeoff now. I think that's what we were talking about. <laughs> I do it because right, I can. On. So I got there before Fitz on Friday. I brought my uh, F7F Tiger Cat and, of course, my top flight Corsair Wilson. And yes, I know I was under the wingspan limit for those two aircraft, but uh, I kind of give myself a little freebie here and there to <laughs> trade photos and video for a little bit less of a wingspan to get in. And there were a couple other guys flying planes that didn't quite qualify, so I figured I'd do one of the old, uh, hey, I'm sorry if it's not you know, big enough. But I think I was the only person <laughs> flying a Tiger Cat. Be quiet, Terry. And, Damn it, they have, they have a guy walking Terry. around with like a, a baton and a, a ruler. <laughs> yeah, tape measure. Yeah. Mm, under 80 inches, whack. <laughs> well, I mean, we, we had some rules on the flight line, like how many pilots should be there, but I had Fitz can vouch. There, was, there were a couple of times people were just taking advantage of, you know, let me get my plane out there and start flying, and I'll apologize later if there's too many planes in the air. Yeah, right, beg for forgiveness and ask for permission. <laughs> Uh, but I had a lot of people like the Tiger Cat. It flies so good. So it was nice to have that as another aircraft out there, like a, especially like a unique one. Uh, I can talk about the Top Flight Corsair. I can talk about Wilson, but I'll just say that I flew it fine on Friday. I uh, had a bit of a Robart error glitch, boo-boo, uh, whatever you want to call it, with the landing gear. I fixed it, though. And I had three great flights in on Saturday. And just for fun, I'll get this over with. Terry, of course, my last landing Great flight, last landing, was rolling out, and darn it, the plane bumped <laughs> somewhere on the grass, and it nosed over. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so I was like, I was shaking my head, but no damage. It was all good. It was very slow. I mean, it was just a very, very slow rollover. With the wind, you know, the tail coming over into the wind, it was just like, eh, gunk. <laughs> so, uh, very happy with it. Runs great. The DLE 20 has, uh, it's, it's been a good experience, so. But let's so let's talk about the event. Enough about Lee. Uh, I talked to Barry Rayburn, and he said we had 128 registered pilots. Man, can you imagine that? Like at best, <laughs> that's a lot of pilots. I think he said he was they were hoping or expecting maybe about 175, but the weather uh, kept people back. There were some crashes, and we'll talk about one in particular. But uh, I think uh, in general, I mean, first off, we didn't have any crashes that happened on the uh, guest side or the viewer side of the flight line uh, so that's good <laughs> we had that last year that was kind of scary nothing like that this year most of the problems i think we had or uh, like engine failures or dead sticks uh, it seems to me that a lot of people like the xb70 that won uh, best of show for the event it won two it won best of show and best jet oh there you go um see who else here was looking at here oh that tiger cat did you happen to see that f6f tiger cat i don't remember who the pilot was he's very talented wait was it an f6f or uh, was oh it a tiger sorry, cat? sorry see i did it again I, i'm screwing up with my numbers it was the f6f hellcat yeah pardon me sorry uh need more coffee but this guy had this thing flying uh full speed doing incredible aerobatics with it i was just on it waiting for the wings to snap i mean he was pull, <laughs> pulling some high g's but that thing was really nice i mean uh for what it's worth it's not what a, a hellcat's supposed to do <laughs> but it sure was fun to watch so that was one of my favorite planes but i don't know should we go right to the black widow fits or did you want to talk about something else before we get to that uh yeah you're talking about the crashes um well, this in general i think there weren't 
a lot of crashes. There were several. There was the the big B seventeen that hit the trees at the far end. Oh yeah, it looked oh, like they just misjudged the height of the trees or something. Yeah, no, I think he misjudged the size of the plane. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it must have been a big plane because I only saw the video, and on the video it looked like he was on, he was clear of the trees until he he hit him. <laughs> something yeah. said it was the biggest B seventeen that's ever flown there. Yeah, it was uh, huge. Yeah, because yeah. it must have been because it clearly looked like it was on uh, the near side of the trees, but he wasn't. But it's like, oh, ouch. Um, which is he funny because. Less- that was the day the wind was from the other direction. It wasn't normally in that direction. Yeah, if you approach from the other side, you've got a long, clear path. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very unfortunate. And uh, one, one other one of note was, uh, Lee, you remember the P-51 that kind of crashed? Uh, that, that kind of crashed? Well, that, that crashed. It had an engine flame I, out. I was not witness to that P-51. Okay, well, you saw it on the ground, right, after they brought it back? <laughs> yeah, wasn't it the one that, well, are, are you going to touch on the one for sale? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is a nice, really nice, big P-51, really large P-51, and as he's taxing out, the announcer made a big point to say that this plane is for sale. Not only did he say it for sale, it's like, this plane's for sale, right? And he's like, and then he asked the guy flying it, you know, it's for sale and how much, and so it's like, Three or four times, this guy has mentioned this plane's for sale. Uh, and it was for like, what, 2000 1500 something like that. And so the guy takes off, and he gets up to about maybe 50 feet or so, 100 feet, and the engine just conks out. And so he's got to ditch it, but he's too far away to bring it back, and so he ditches in some tall grass or something. And I think, ooh, but it didn't look like it hit that hard. But when he brought it back, that whole right wing was sheared off. Uh, the prop was banged up. It was pretty badly damaged it's like uh, that was bad karma <laughs> yeah but uh, but i thought was funny is alan who was announcing is like five seconds after it hit the ground he goes okay uh cheap p50 oh yeah <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> discount price wow. that's cold-blooded <laughs> hey but you know what billy uh billy bought it it was it was sitting there for a while and you know he was still selling it but uh, billy oh somebody bought Trostler. it yeah yeah billy trostler oh. right trostler i hope i didn't butcher your name billy yeah, but he he picked it up for parts. Oh, wow. Yeah, and sadly, Billy lost his voodoo. Did you see that beautiful uh, aircraft? The voodoo? Yeah, I think it's a VQ voodoo. Wow. No, I didn't see that. So, yeah, he had a he had an engine failure too. No, no, it wasn't engine failure. I think he said he lost a flap or something, or a flap came down, or something bizarre. The plane just kind of rolled over. Oh. Anyway. There were several. There was uh, one of my club members was up there with his cub, and he said he took off and lost all radio contact, and it. It turned itself into pieces. Uh, <laughs> so I prefaced this conversation with there weren't many crashes. There were crashes. There were actually a bunch. <laughs> there's, well, there's another there, one, No one too. was injured. Oh, the, well, that's the big one, right? No, no. The guy who, I guess he had another flame out. He landed way, way, way down across the road. Almost hit the fence. Oh, uh, Do you remember that? P-51, the P-51. Was it, I think it was a P-51. I didn't see yeah, what happened after it. Did oh, you see it yeah. post-crash? They, they, they said it was total. But yeah, unfortunately, he was pretty high up, and he was downwind, and there was no way he could turn. He went... I mean, he, he cruised into the fence. Yeah, he was going pretty good, pretty fast. All right, so I guess we can finally get to the P-61 Black Widow crash. Take it away, Lee. Or Tiger Cat, whatever I want to call it today. <laughs> the Tiger Widow. Uh, F-6F so, Black Widow. So it was it was gorgeous. I mean, for me, it was would have been a pilot's choice. Uh, I loved the little weathering detail on it, and I have not seen, and at least I can recall, a Black Widow flying at this event. And this was a huge aircraft. 
Yeah, and... well, I want to interject here. It was built by Jimmy Kalman, and I watched some videos that were put on Facebook a couple of weeks ago of, I think it was the Maiden Flight. Um, he used to attend our Warbird events in Lubbock when I was a member at the club there, and always brought big stuff and always brought very well built. You guys know that photo of the Avenger dropping a torpedo? Yeah. That I'd like to share? That's Jimmy's torpedo. That's his. Plane. Oh, yes. okay. Yeah. So he's always got something new, always beautifully built, always beautifully weathered, and he usually flies them very well, too. So anyway, Jimmy is well known in the Warbird community. Yeah, Jimmy brought not only the Black Widow, but he brought a B-29 and he brought a B-25. Oh, that was his B-29. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know yeah. that. Didn't, didn't. And yeah. Fitz, our buddy Gary Jones, is in the same club as Jimmy. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's interesting. As, as comes up so often, the RC community is small and yeah. tightly knit. Small world. Yeah. It's fantastic. All right, carry on. So we could get the specs from Jimmy. I think um, we had some conversation with him afterwards. I'll, I'll definitely want to touch on that. But Jimmy had his Black Widow out. It was certainly garnering a lot of attention. And when he got to the runway, people were surrounding it. And Fitz had showed up just about 10, 15 minutes prior to that. So I wanted to get video of this plane. So I handed Fitz my Canon and went and grabbed my Sony camera to get the Black Widow. So if you're listening to the show and you're on our Facebook page, you've probably already seen the video. You know what happens next. But uh, Jimmy took a... I mean, it was a great takeoff, sounded great, made several passes, and unfortunately during one pass, he was on a left bank turn, and that right wing just came undone, and I pretty much knew what had happened, that, uh, you know, like I lost a wing bolt or, or the locking mechanism failed. Sometimes there's a pin, I'm not sure how this one was, but he lost that wing tip, and it became uncontrollable, and I know Fitz had some great pictures of it, and there's a, a great photo of uh, the wing separation that Fitz got. And what was sad, after you're watching it coming down, it's coming down very slowly, is that you're hoping it stayed in that flat spin and out just a little further to get in the tall grass. But darn it, not like 20 feet above the ground, that thing kind of stopped spinning, the nose dropped, and she hit right into the short grass. And that nose went right to the tail. (laughs) (laughs) And so, yeah, it was badly, badly damaged. You've seen all the photos and, you know, taking it back, but... Talking to Jimmy, and he, he he's kind of like the, the gentleman, and, and gosh, I, I don't have it on the top of my head, the gentleman who flies Draco. Uh, the crash that happened this, well, excuse me, last week where uh, he was taken off in a terrible crosswind and we lost the that huge uh, turbo bush plane, Draco. And he, uh, Wilga, he I believe. Take, yeah, he should have taken off. He, you know, should have corrected, yada, yada. Uh, and he had mentioned that the winds were just gusty too. But uh, Jimmy said, you know what? It's my fault. I put the wrong wing bolt in. He said, I put a different uh, wing bolt than I should have, and it just pulled right through the wing, and it came loose. And then he goes, I'm done. I'll fix it later. And he just moved on. I mean, I think within, you know, 10, 15 minutes, I think he was fueling up his B-25. And, and you mean that's he didn't a throw his transmitter on the ground and no, stop no up and screen. down? No. And I'm not going to name names, but there have been a couple of pilots that I have seen go nuts so crazy. You know, I usually get just angry to myself and I get depressed if I see something of mine go in or break. But boy, Jimmy is the kind of spirit you need in this hobby. It's, it's a great definition of a lifer. He he took it. He said, yep, that's it's gone. And guess what? I have other planes. And he, we never spoke of it again. And I, yeah. I met with him uh, the day after uh, yesterday it was Saturday and, you know, shook his hand, said, hey, I'm really sorry about the black one. He goes, hey, no big deal. You know, I, I'm, I'm going to have fun. And boy, he he had a lot of fun flying that B-29. That thing is gorgeous. Yeah, it was really nice. 
Yeah, we got so, we got to talk about this B twenty five for hearing impaired too. <laughs> <laughs> you mean what was that uh, that pro boat? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the, the airboat that yeah was the a, airboat times ten. The, his B twenty five was definitely a fuel and noise converter. <laughs> but was it fast? Oh yeah, it flew great. Yeah, it flew really good. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm you, sure it looked good too. You could yeah, hear I, you it know, coming I, a mile away though. <laughs> not very stealthy. I, I mean, this is a, a tug and cheek. I was telling Jimmy because I I don't know if I was taking pictures or videotaping, and I'll I'll go through my video. But the first time I think I saw him flying it, he made this high G turn. All the bombs came out of the bomb bay. <laughs> I was like, Jimmy, you just lost your bombs. And he goes, that's okay. I got more. I mean, so when, he, when he finally called bombing run, I think one fell out. <laughs> that's they're, they're way out there in the field. That guy's a hoot. <laughs> Probably still are. So anyway, kudos to Jimmy. Thanks for bringing your lovely planes. We're very sorry about the Black Widow, but you did make it on our Crashy Smashy segment for sure. Yeah. Uh, and and you know what? Uh, I want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, Jimmy just uh, came up to me and said, man, uh, that Lee Ray took one hell of a photo of the Black Widow coming down. And I just want to let you know I corrected him and said that was Fitz. <laughs> may, may have been my camera. may have been the settings I had. But Fitz, that was a great shot you took. It's really nice. Mm-hmm. Glad it worked out. Well, for everybody but Jimmy. Well, well, Jimmy, if you're listening, I expect to see the Black Widow next year. Yeah. <laughs> and louder. And louder, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can take the mufflers off that and put it on the B-25 now. <laughs> oh, there you go. Uh, so what else did you want to touch on there, Fitz, from Bomber? It was, I mean, Saturday was really nice. I, you know, I had a great time yeah. on Saturday. I got to, I mean, I, I'm so glad I got to fly the Corsair and... Uh, I won epoxy. I did win something in the round. Oh yeah, you did. Yeah, yeah. Don't know what else we can say. It was just a real nice, well attended. Well, lots of spectators, lots of flying. Uh, It was a nice uh, demo by the flight metal guy. I didn't realize he was actually in town here. But there's a gentleman. uh, I can't. I don't have the thing in front of me. Who produces the the flight metal? Or I don't know if he produces or sells it or something along those lines. Uh, so they give a demonstration of applying flight metal to the aircraft, and it's a, actually a pretty easy process. And they sell large sheets of it, and he gave out some samples. So I ended up picking up a sample as well. I might tick around with it. Um, I have some ideas bouncing around in my head for possible candidates for it. But uh, it was uh, really nice to see how they apply it and burnish it. And you can apply rivets. and uh, It's apparently a pretty comprehensive kit. It's not You don't just buy a... a you know, a, a sheet of uh, uh, adhesive metal that comes with a, a several tools for applying it and burnishing it and that kind of stuff. So that was a nice little cool. demonstration. Cool. So I already mentioned the Zero that I saw you brought. What else yeah. did you bring, Fitz? Uh, I only brought two planes. I brought the Zero and I brought the um, Lysander. Mm, okay. Oh, and I want to jump on that. Both Fitz and I got to fly at the same time. They had a uh, Cub Gaggle. Yeah. And we had, what, 11 or 12 uh, uh, high wing? I think it was like 13. Yeah, 12 or 13. It was a lot. It was like a high wing. They said cub, but then it ended up just being a high wing gaggle. And I was like, where did all these high wing planes come from? Because the, <laughs> the sky was filled with them. <laughs> yeah, so I brought my CMP cub. And, yeah. And Fitz flew his Lysander. Of course, he took off straight up in the air. <laughs> uh, all was good there. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, we had a good time, man. Nobody bumped hey, into each other. I want to shout out to uh, Michael Rosnick. He brought his uh, oh yeah Coast Guard helicopter. He was allowed to do a demo uh, both on Friday and Saturday, and that was really key. 
really cool. A lot of people were enjoying that, and you know, people in the stands who came to just watch the show were were in awe. It's really nice. He flies it very well. Yeah, it's a dolphin uh, helicopter set up in a Coast Guard scheme, uh, working retracts, working fenestron tail. Really, really nice. He did a good job on it. Four bladed head. Uh, and he also brought a plane. He brought a B twenty five that was all covered in metal. It was a. F- I was going to touch on that. Yeah. yeah. That was really nice. I, I'm reaching out to him. He's, he had a little problem with his wing bolt, I think, shearing off. He couldn't get his wing off to get in the car, so he uh, had a little mishap there. So wouldn't be flying and enjoying it if he didn't have one little snag, right? Oh, yeah. But that was pretty. He, and he landed that sucker. Boy, he buttered that landing with that B-25 when I was watching him. That was hmm. an awesome landing. Unlike Mr. Ray and his Corsair landings. But <laughs> I, 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 mine was still kind of chunky butter. <laughs> Stale milk. <laughs> I'm, I'm working on it. Uh, George Wilson also came out from San Antonio. He came out oh, and cool. asked for a sticker. I thought it was funny because I'm going to touch on this just for humiliating fits. But uh, George came up to me and he said, hey, do you have any more uh, RC Roundtable stickers? And I said, yeah, I'm going to go get my car. And as I'm walking to my car, I walk by Fitz's car. And you know what that guy... He does not have an RC Roundtable sticker on his car. What? But he, but he does now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was walking up to my car, putting some stuff in the car, and I was like, wait a minute. Something's <laughs> not right here. <laughs> and there's a sticker in a window, in one of the rear quarter windows. Like, ah, I think I know who did that. We're going to get 10 more listeners because of that sticker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we, we talked about gaggles. We forgot to mention that uh, they also put up all the bombers, or a lot of them, at once as well. And so yes, it, yes, that was neat to see. We had uh, what was it, over a half a dozen bombers flying around. I think at one point, I can't, oh. yeah, I think it was. I forgot what I counted, but I counted quite a few. It was. I think we had like three B-17s. Yeah, the B-29, Mike's B, Mike's B-24, and then maybe two of the electric B-24s from VQ. I think two of those. Yeah, the VQs were both electric. I think all yes. the ones I saw were electric. Yeah. Okay, cool. And what other? I'm sure I've asked this in previous years, but I, from what I gather, most of the planes there are gasoline powered. Yeah. So do gas and glow and electric all play nice together there? <laughs> we, we had someone make fun of Fitz a zero, but yes, they normally they do. I think we've kind of gotten over that hump. Wait, That's w- good. what did he say about my zero? <laughs> <laughs> it was too quiet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yes, he said. <laughs> Yeah, okay, whatever. I'll put some but noise look, I'm going to defend Fitz because I saw. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm going to touch. I'm going to support myself first. I had one guy come up to my to me while I had fl- uh, after flying my Corsair and gave me a compliment on it and liked the decal. That was like the one person I saw. But I saw several times people come up to Fitz to talk about his zero. Mm. You know, to either look at it. And I, I remember Keith Fontenot was joking that you must have taken a five millimeter to your wing because you had that big hole in it. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but. People were asking about a camera. No, I don't think he's going to mount a camera to that thing. No, no, that would be a great one to do that with. Oh yeah, it could do it. Uh, Oh, and you know what, Uh, Fitz? This is funny. I didn't have video, uh, but because I was spotting for Fitz, but Fitz was in a a terrible gaggle with what four P fifty ones and a P forty seven. Now surrounded by targets. (laughs) <laughs> as i think you call it what easy to, easy prey yeah. <laughs> but yeah it was it was funny to see him all alone in that little sweep of aircraft sweep of allied aircraft yeah <laughs> oh didn't my cowl fell off Did you see that i think you saw that oh yeah i saw it and i watched it go down and yeah okay hey you know let's make a little applause 
Thank you for the crew at Bobber Field. After his cow fell off, they ran out with a golf cart and picked it up for you. Yeah, oh, that, nice. that was really nice of them to do that. Yeah, they, they didn't hesitate. I was like, oh, that's fantastic. Really good guys out there. And I guess I should mention that, though. I think it was generally really well run. Uh, they had a lot of flight line bosses trying to keep everything settled up. The announcer was on the ball. Uh, they had people out there for retrieving. Uh, it was, you could tell it was a pretty well-oiled machine. Uh, my my only joke is yes, it was very well run. We had you know pilot stations, people were using them. So of the few times that I just found were humorous, though we had like two pilots whose spotters had their hands up for the air for landing, you know, and and there was some confusion. And we, like a lot of us was like, you know what, just land, <laughs> just just land. Other pilots will avoid you. Just tell them where you are. Yeah. Just, you know, but you know, some one poor guy. Uh, I think it was my friend Josh. He had like circled three times, declaring a landing, and and he, yeah, other people kept trumping him. I just said, "Just put it down. Don't worry about it." Yeah, but, at, uh, at some point, there was just a lot of people out the flight line, and so trying to uh, hurt all those cats just got probably just got a little overwhelming at some point. Yeah, and I would well, say that the noise of gas engines contributes to all that. Oh but yeah, I saw yeah. the same thing at the neat fair when you just get that many people. Even with spotters, you can scream that you're landing, and then some guy's going to walk out for a hand launch. And yeah. they're not being <laughs> malicious; they're, they're just not hearing, or they're not picking up on it. I don't know. It's just, uh, I think there's a level of saturation there. That yeah, no, you just no. have to learn to deal with. I heard that at Joe Nall, they have these sort of uh, intercom systems at the flight lines or something. Have you heard about that? Hmm. Uh, no. I know people are probably listening and screaming at us. You know, you idiots, this. But apparently they have some sort of uh, automated intercom system at each flight line. So you press a button or something and it indicates whether or not somebody's landing or taking off. And it's sort of a, uh, it apparently works really, really well. I, need a, I wonder if that was something that Bomber Field could use. Just, <laughs> Sorry, I'm like I, I I figure a way you can make some money. You have little coin operated devices by your pilot station, and you insert one dollar to land. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it locks a tail wheel or something on your plane, so you can't take off. Right. If you put a coin in. Well, <laughs> so why'd you crash? Make, well, I only had a five. <laughs> I want to mention that if you've ever flown in like a huge warbird gaggle like at best when we had like i don't know was it 15 17 warbirds you know foamy warbirds in oh the more air. than that it's not the flying the you're worried about or, or hitting planes in the air it's when you land is someone going to run into you yeah that's that's the fear that's when your plane lands and it like rolls over or something like that it becomes a minefield of landing so yeah. i think once you've experienced that landing with like only five pilots in the air is not a big yeah, deal for some close calls yeah. yeah aim for the far end of the runway yep some people did that at Bobber. They made it all the way to the end. <laughs> well, well, I guess speaking of ending, I guess that wraps up our, our, our Bomber feel. I don't know what else we can say other than it was another great event uh, and definitely look forward to next year. Yeah, well, just And I'm, I'm still editing photos and videos, so please keep a watch on our Facebook page for the photo and video galleries and enjoy some of the stuff I took. I did not take as much as I did before because luckily I was flying. Yeah, but the stuff I've seen so far is really good. Uh, both the Facebook videos and the still photos and all that. So, well done, guys. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a gift out to the first person who can have a photo of me and Wilson or of Wilson flying or better yet, of Wilson landing on its wheels. If you, whoever posts that first on our Facebook page, I'm going to send them a gift. <laughs> well, that's because interesting. my buddy Fitz, Fitz didn't get anything of my of my. <laughs> Hey, while I'm speaking of videos, did the B-47 ever fly? 
No, it didn't look like it was ready. Uh, I, I walked, actually talked to him during our live broadcast. Uh, I walked well, up yeah, talked to him. That's how I know about it. Oh, right, right. No, you could tell it wasn't ready to fly. Uh, the tail wasn't okay. finished and some other stuff. It looked really close, but it wasn't quite ready. Yeah. I have okay. a quick question on that. Does the real B-47 have a cloth rudder, fin rudder? I wouldn't think so. Because this no. this one, I mean, I, I mean, obviously it's a it's a kit, but I noticed that the fin on this thing was made of was cloth, uh, and I was just wondering if that was scale like. No, he wasn't you know, finished like, like with a, it, so maybe it just looked like that. Okay. Uh, but I wouldn't think a, a jet bomber would have a cloth anything. Yeah, I never know. Uh, but it was <laughs> the first one of the first ones, so maybe they did, but I doubt it. Yeah, I'd be surprised. Yeah. Uh, so. Well, that's cool. Hopefully, why do these things keep crashing all the time? <laughs> yeah, the control servers get ripped off. Uh, all right. Well, I think we've uh, had a great discussion on two great flying events that we've both attended. All three of us have attended. Uh, hopefully, we can all get together at one event at some point in the future, maybe next year. Neat. Or Expo West. Hello. Yeah, Expo West. Yes. All right. Well, stuff coming up. Uh, first thing is best, which is what a week away, I think. Next week, Next, October fourth, wow. already fifth, six, three, four, five, six, Dang. whatever you want to. Make. I'll be there three, four, five, six. Okay, so yeah, so we've got the best electric in South Texas. I guess is best. Uh, Lee and I, we always go there. Uh, Lee loves to talk about best because that's his. Uh, he's uh, actually you are kind of half running the show this time, aren't you? I am half running the show. I'm, trying to, I'm going to be filling some very, very large shoes for Kirk Jensen, who has been an incredible MC for our event, and I, I will miss him dearly. But I, in, in retrospect, this is probably the best thing for him because he talked to me on the phone and said, "You know what? I want to do some flying. I don't want to be in charge anymore. I want to, I want to get out there and just hang loose with you guys and just sit down and enjoy it." And that's that's what he needs. So it's like a, a, a little retirement party for him. So, are we'll, you going to be the MC? I'll be partly MC. Dick Jones, who's a member of our club, but he's also a board member of uh, Tri-County Barnstormers. Uh-huh. He is technically in charge. We've been working together, getting raffle prizes together, uh, you know, coordinating s- supplies and stuff. So uh, it's my favorite event, guys. You know it. I'll, I'll keep going until the day I die. I just love this electric uh, uh, event, and I enjoyed it since the first time I went 16 years ago. Wow. So please come out there, guys. Please, if you're within or... <laughs> listening range with my podcast is internet so if you're in turkey <laughs> you can make it to bed yeah that guy in brazil <laughs> string on your coconut reaches <laughs> no seriously 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 if you guys can get out for october 5th and 6th that weekend uh, please come out here it's an awesome event i mean weather permitting don't come out if we got a hurricane again or another imelda uh, guys, this is so much fun. It's very relaxed. We just put up our tents. We hang out there. We laugh. We do a podcast Saturday night. And I'm, I'm saying this, and I'm still feeling kind of sad because my buddy Terry's not going to be there. But uh, hopefully I'll, I'll get Terry. Maybe, you know, we'll do neat and then bring Terry in for best next year. How's that work out? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> I can anyway. plan things a year out. That's cool. Let's do it. I'll, I'll, I'll give you 100 bucks for a Frontier line, airline ticket. Under <laughs> a vulture, yeah. And I'm guessing you'll have airplanes that can fly. But what's so that? We'll have what's that? Airlines always in the news for the rowdy passengers. Uh, was it Spirit? 
Is it Spirit or Frontier? It's one of those. I think it's Spirit. Well, <laughs> Frontier flies into Buffalo, so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what, Terry? You haven't. You have from now until next year to find some buddies who have uh, full scale aircraft that you guys can yeah. hop, skip, and jump all go. the way down to Houston. Yeah, nice cross country. Okay. Yeah, that's quite a haul. But all right, I'm on it. <laughs> all right, so that's best. We'll talk, and, and yeah, every definitely tune in in a couple of weeks. We'll uh, we'll do a show. Uh, yes, we have. Uh, I think we have information on Best at, on our Facebook page. If I remember correctly. Yes, it's in New Waverly, Texas, just north of Houston. Uh, so if you're anywhere near the area, you like electric aircraft, you gotta come. It's a, it's a, the best electric vent that I've uh, <laughs> get it best ah! <laughs> that I attend all year. I, I look forward to it every year. It's a great, low key, high fun factor. All kinds of neat stuff show up. Get our buddies from the Dallas area come up and, and as well. Keith Sparks. Yeah, yeah, Sparky, Tom Blakeney, uh, uh, Richard, Richard, Dan. yes, and uh, a whole bunch of cadre of other guys that uh, we know and love. So, yep. Now, Be- from what I understand, there's a special plan for Lee and Keith. Are we allowed to to talk about any of that, or is it a super secret? Yeah, it's still a secret, I think, isn't it? It's still super secret. Yes. Let's just say Keith has made one awesome, incredible aircraft. He's a master builder, and mine's just blah. blah. Yeah, it's up to you, Nelly. It's like Batman and Robin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm more like Robin Jr., but yeah, definitely <laughs> if Robin had a jet. <laughs> so it, right. uh, we're hoping for, for something cool to happen at the uh, at best so guys uh, at least come come uh, friday and saturday to come see that mm. okay. and in november early november ama early. expo west and uh, on what is it ontario california ish pomona pomona I, I can never remember la area basically yeah uh so yes pomona we all three of us will be at the ama expo west we will uh, have, a, I guess, a, not a presentation. What do you want to call it? Seminar? Uh, a, a gathering. A gathering? <laughs> we'll do something front and center on the stage, and we will also have, a, I guess, a podcast of sorts and whatever else we can think of. Do a little song and dance. Yes. Yeah, like, <laughs> little kings with straw hats out. <laughs> Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Gal. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, Check your model aviation magazine cover. We're we've been announced. Oh, that's right. We're we're famous. We're we're somebody now. We they actually they the AMA was real nice and mentioned that we we, we will be there, uh, and we would love to talk to anybody who's listening to us and will be in that area. Come up, say hello. If you're lucky, we may have a sticker for you. Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, I I got some stickers from Cali Graphics, so first come, first serve. Yeah. Yeah, cool. I'd love to talk to you guys. We look forward to this. Looks like a big event. We were at East earlier this year. And so West, of course, is a, it's a little bigger. It's got a longer lifespan. It's been there. I remember going to the AMA West, what, almost 20 years ago, I think. It was quite a while ago. So hmm. it'll be interesting to see how it's changed over the years. I remember last time, though, it was really, really, really neat. Lots of neat stuff there. Uh, lots of surprising stuff. And... I see the vendor list keeps growing as every time I look at it, there's more and more vendors that show up. So uh, it'd be really neat to talk to. Maybe we should interview some of the vendors or something. That's our plan. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're doing that. We, I, I'm bringing all my camera gear. and, and We're interviewing gear. everybody that comes through the gate. 
<laughs> you get interviewed. First you question. get interviewed. <laughs> Do you know who we are? Leave me alone. No, we're we're gonna do some a lot of a lot of live uh, walkthroughs during the event, like we did at uh, AMA Expo East. Yeah. Uh, meet some guests, special guests, and we'll tell we'll talk more about that in our next uh, podcast. Yeah. So yeah, just put that on your can put that on your calendar. We'll all three be there, so come hang out. Get a photo of us, and we'll sign, you know, autographs. And <laughs> what? Wow. Oh, Somebody likes themselves. Yeah, really. Is your head going to fit through the door? <laughs> I don't know. Just, just having fun, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, I think we've tortured everybody enough on this episode. I think uh, we uh, I need to. Recover from the, the weekend some more. And but my ears are still ringing from uh, Jimmy's. Beard. <laughs> yeah, <really? laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said he actually kind of got a little flack for it, and he went to another fly-in. Apparently, it's like a near a public park or something, and uh, <laughs> they, they were too thrilled with the loudness of it. But <laughs> yeah. OSHA called. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Said, Lander, or give everybody headphones. <laughs> Uh, well, I, uh, I like him. Hopefully I can cross paths again. All right. Well, speaking of crossing paths, let's, uh, we'll guess we'll see everybody next time. Any last thoughts from anybody? Go out and fly. All right. Why is the sky blue? Oh, because of uh, water reflection. It's a moisture in the air. It reflects the blue wave. Oh, anyways. Oh, good. Look, hit the button. <laughs> I'm pressing the button. And see you next time. visit our website at rcroundtable.com where you can send us comments and suggestions or listen to our other great podcasts where you also find links to our itunes and social media sites thanks for listening